Yes, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Oh, uh, it's, a, it's a joyful time. Um, so uh, this year, uh, I turn on, uh, after the Thanksgiving, I turn on the radio, and I, I wanted to see uh, the Christian radio station, whether they would play Christian music, right? So right after the uh, Christmas, uh, Thanksgiving, I mean, I turn on the radio, and I was waiting for the um, Christmas music to turn on. Well, it happened to be the uh, the uh, rock station instead of the Christian station, right? And this song came in, uh, breaking the law, breaking the law, breaking the law, right? And it took me back to my college day, Twisted Sisters, right? I mean, that's I'm like, yeah, this is me. I'm going to break the law, right? Oh my, and, 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 uh, and then uh, Bark at the Moon and Ozzy Osbourne, and they were like, wow, what a great Christmas, right? Uh, um, uh, but then, you know, I, I was riding with my son, and he put on his playlist, and uh, in the playlist, there are Christmas songs. I was like, wow, this is cool. Uh, because during this time, the song brings our heart home. Not only our home, not only to our family, but the song brings our heart home to God. Right? And we want to sing, despite of whatever is going through in our lives. See, I met, we were praying, we pray here uh, at, at the fireplace. And yesterday, one of the prayer was uh, with a mother who had lost uh, her five-year-old son. And... Um, she is feeling guilty to have joy in her heart when she is looking at her five-year-old son because she has lost her five-year-old daughter. Okay? She still has the son, but she has lost her daughter. So she doesn't want to be happy. She feels guilty to be happy. Uh, we were praying for many people that had cancer, but I was praying specifically for a couple. Uh, they just got married. Not They got married less than a year. December 28th is going to be their anniversary. I was sitting here on the chair. They're looking in the sanctuary. and said, where can I pray for you? I said, I have cancer. And uh, the husband has cancer her brother has a, his brother has a bone cancer, and uh, I sat there to pray with them. No. Uh, we prayed with people that have relapsed. Uh, the moment I saw their face, I know that they relapsed. These are people we have prayed for. We prayed for a person that has lost a job and looking for a job. We prayed for a person that is having pain all over. You know. I can go on and on and on. How can we sing in the midst of all these things? Right? There is a lot of sighing going on. What is sighing? See? What is sighing? We, we're talking about impossible. How can the impossible become possible? How can we sing more during this time when there is so much struggling? 
You know, singing is a proclamation of joy. The meaning of singing in biblical definition is proclamation of joy, praise, and gladness, and triumph. How can we sing more? How can we triumph more? How can we rejoice more? When there is a lot of sighing, what is sighing? Sighing is an expression of grief and physical distress and pain. That sighing is more than... uh, It's an expression of pain and distress that is going through. So how can we say, rejoice? My soul rejoice. My soul magnifies God in this everyday pain. And I want to share uh, the secret today, how people are doing that. Right? How people are doing When we sing more, we will struggle less. There is so much power in singing. And I want to talk about that briefly. And uh, um, Brandy and Eileen will preach with me. So God commanded us to sing. See? It's com- command us to sing. It wasn't an option. He knew that we will struggle with singing. So he said, I command you to sing. I command you to sing. And let me bring a scripture and tie this together with the Christmas story. See, in Ephesians chapter uh, 5, it says, uh, Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And next is, speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart. To the Lord. So I started thinking, okay, how can I speak to somebody in Psalms? You know? How can I speak somebody in, in hymns? Or in fact, am I speaking to someone in spiritual song? How, how do we do this in our everyday life? Because it would be funny if I go up to a young guy uh, who, who broke the law and get in the position and say, breaking the law, breaking the law. That would be funny, right? I mean, <laughs> that would be funny. But how do we sing in song? Uh, in, how do we sing in song? He, four things, right? Look at this scripture, there are four things. First is filled with the Holy Spirit, right? So when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, four things will happen. The first one is you will proclaim about God. Okay? The second thing is, you will give thanks to the Lord. Okay? The other thing is that uh, uh, you will proclaim what you believe. You will give thanks, you will praise, and then you will surrender. Okay? You will surrender. And we want to see this playing out in uh, people's life. When the Spirit of the Lord comes, they proclaim what the Lord has done for them. They give thanks to God. They surrender their life to God. And uh, we have here somebody uh, that will share those things to us. And I'm going to call um, Eileen to come up here, you know, to proclaim what they believe. They sang praises to the Lord. They give thanks to God for His mighty deeds. And they surrender to the will of God when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is what the Lord has done for her. And she is singing in the midst of all the pains and struggle because of what the Lord has 
done for her. So let's hear from her. Hi, uh, my name is Eileen. And um, at the beginning of the year, um, I was really, really healthy. I had been, um, I had been to the doctors. Diabe I have diabetes, and so my diabetes of 30 years finally was under control. Um, I, it was it was really good. I was I was living life. Life was good, but in May I ended up with a severe pain, and I ended up going to the emergency room. And in the emergency room, I went to the emergency room where the hospital that I work for because I trusted them. I had faith in them. I knew I was going to get taken care of. Well, they found out that my gallbladder was infected and it needed to come out. So a simple surgery, two, three hours tops, actually took seven. My surgeon actually um, punctured my colon, and my body was intoxicating itself. For the next two months, I was in and out of the hospital. And um, upon my last admission in June, they told me that I needed a major surgery. Um, not only had the surgeon punctured my colon, they had also um, left a portion of the gallbladder in. So I needed it out, and my body was becoming weak and more and more poisoned. And so, but because it was such a big surgery, they weren't assuring me that I was going to make it. My body was weak. I had been through so much already. After I heard this, I, I was done. I was at the end of my rope. They, I ended up going to make sure my will was done. I have a 13-year-old son that I'm a single mom to. I had, was left with, what if I don't make it? Who's going to take care of him? And I threw myself at the feet of God, and I asked him, Lord, please help me. I don't know what to do anymore. See, and all I heard was, cast your cares and anxieties upon me, and I will take care of you. Have faith in me. And I realized that the first surgery, I had faith in the doctor and in the hospital, and I had turned away from God. So August 19th, I went in for major surgery, seven hours. And in November, I went back to work part-time, after it's been a long, long, painful struggle, but God never left my side. And every day he promises me a new day full of hope and promise. Amen. So that's, uh, that's speaking to the congregation in Psalms, in the midst of struggle, right? I mean, so three, the four things you see already, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you sing praises to God, right? You proclaim what you believe, and then the, uh, they give thanks to God for the mighty works, and they surrender themselves, see? You see that repeat, being filled with the Spirit. She surrendered, she gave thanks to God, sing praises to the Lord when she comes here, when she's alone, and proclaim what you believe that God is when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. This happened a long time ago. See, Mary spoke in Psalm. Uh, Elizabeth spoke in Psalm. Let's look at her life. So she is full of reproach, embarrassment, 
She's old. She doesn't have a baby. People look down on her. You're righteous, but you don't have a child. Right? In fact, now when the angel of the Lord came and said, you'll have a child, she, she hid herself for how many months? Five months from people. Okay? Five months from people. So when Mary went to visit her, because she was a relative, what did she do? Let's look at it again. See? Elizabeth filled with the Holy Spirit. She sang. She sang and said, Oh, blessed are you among all women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. She gave thanks to God. Why is this granted to me? Right? That uh, my mother of my Lord should come to me. It's a gratitude. It's a gratitude. Um, and blessed is she who believes, for there will be fulfillment of those things which were told her before the Lord. She proclaimed again. Yeah. And she surrendered and she believed. That's why she was able to talk. Her husband did not believe so. He lost his voice for nine months. So Elizabeth actually spoke in Psalms to Mary. In her condition. But what is first? Filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the key word there. So you, you, there, when you turn to the letter, letter in Paul, you pull this together. Right? So, um, uh, so how can you speak in Psalms? How can you speak in hymns and spiritual songs? Then you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Right? And somebody was filled with the Holy Spirit. I remember the first time I saw Brandy walking into the church. And she said, oh, people actually loved me. And then she came to our life group, my wife and I, which we also lead at home and here. I'm going to call Brandy up and see what, whether this word of God is true or not. Right? Look at the four things again. Being filled with the Holy Spirit. They proclaim what they believe. They give thanks. They, re they rejoice. And they surrender. Right? Let's see. Brandy. Welcome Brandy here. And Brandy, let's hear what the Lord has done for you. Hi, I'm Brandy, and uh, this was easier last night. <laughs> uh, I'm a very grateful recovering addict. Um, I was led through uh, to heroin use through prescription pain medication, and I ended up losing my job, and um, heroin was cheaper to buy than my pain medication was, so I began using that instead. During my active addiction, I lost my mom and my brother to various illnesses, and my husband and I lost our home, all of our possessions, and our car. And I didn't know it, but at the time, people were already praying for me because I have a good family, <clears throat> excuse me, a good family who knew we needed prayer. And um, soon after we had lost everything, I ended up in the hospital with a blood clot in each lung. And I was laying there struggling to breathe. And I began to pray sincerely for the first time, and I can't tell you how long. I hadn't prayed other than to get me out of trouble in years. And God spoke to me in a way that I could understand, and I could believe, and I knew that it was God telling me I was going to survive, that I was going to be okay, but that this was just the start of everything. It was the first time I was able to admit that I needed help to anybody when I was laying in that hospital bed, I finally admitted to the hospital staff, I need help. I can't do this alone. Mm -hmm. 
And they began to help me, but I wasn't ready yet until I ended up in a car accident shortly after that. And that showed me that I had to put my faith and belief in the fact that God would take care of me and God would help me get through it. So I did. And I prayed a lot to help me get through the sickness of coming down off heroin. And he held me through for the days until I could get to the methadone clinic. And so I started going to the methadone clinic, and they told me there that I would probably be on methadone for the rest of my life. And that really scared me because it's like replacing one thing with another. Hmm. So... Gail would take me to—Gail's my mother-in-law, and she would take me to the methadone clinic every morning, and she would take me to 12-step meetings. And one Sunday, she wasn't able to take me home after going to the clinic, but before coming to church, and she invited me to come to church with her. And I was a little hesitant at first because I'd had some bad experiences at other churches, but I decided to come in. And when I came into this church, I found people who not only understood what I was going through— but who accepted me for who I was and could love me for who I was, even though I wasn't ready to love myself. And they were not just praying for me, but they were praying with me. And that meant a lot to me. Because it's one thing to tell somebody you're praying for them, but to pray with them and know that you're sincere is a completely different thing. And it's a completely different feeling than just hearing, oh, I'm praying for you. So after that, There were some other things that went on. I had to clean up some wreckage from my past where I had gotten into trouble, and I ended up going back to jail, and the whole church was praying with me then. I got that handled, and I'm home now. Um, But through it all, the one thing that helped me was knowing that I could trust in God to continue to help me through everything. Hmm. And because of the struggles that I've gone through, because of having to clean up my wreckage and God doing for me what I could not do for myself. I've been off methadone now for um, eight months, and I've been clean for 15 months. So what you can see is, see, God commanded you to sing. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you will, you will proclaim. What the Lord has done for you. Then you will sing praises. Then you give thanks and you surrender. I need help. You surrender. I thank God that people loved me here, who I am, right? I thank God for being clean now for eight months, for 15 months. This is all God, God. See, this happens when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. If there has to be more singing and less sighing in our life, then we have to have the Holy Spirit. We have to have the Holy Spirit in our lives. I'm going to set, I'm going to get you ready to share a little bit about Bethlehem experience. We'll have an open mic uh, so you can come in front and share uh, just in, you know, short, brief, that, that strikes you. But before we do that, as you're thinking about it here, I will sing a praise uh, to the Lord as long as I live. Uh, I will sing praises. And we want to sing to God. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up here for us. Right? Uh, so we can get ready uh, to, to sing. But here. Um, you know, John and, uh, John and Charles Wesley, all of us know about them. Right? And Peter, Peter, sorry, Peter uh, Bowler was 
responsible or in, they influence them to become uh, a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ. And Peter would say, oh, if I have a thousand uh, soul, if I have a thousand tongue, I will sing praises to God. That's his line. See? So what happens is when they became a Christian, what it happened? Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing, right? I mean, it's a bit, oh, for a thousand tongues to sing, my great Redeemer's praise, the glories of my God and King, the triumph of His grace. See, that's the song, a line. Somebody spoke in Psalm, became a song to sing praise. And at the end, they say, if I have a thousand souls, then I will give it all to God. Right? This comes out of human's experience. When we sing to the Lord, it encourages one another. So, um, uh, praises from Bethlehem that the Lord inspired, inspired you and take away that you can share to our members here. Anyone? Uh, and this will build us up for um, a, a song and a praise together here. So let's welcome Brian, everyone. Brian, uh, come and share. Uh. Okay, let's see how this goes. Uh, I've, been, I've been a greeter for the church for a few years. I just want to let you know, I really have never seen the play. I really have never seen Bethlehem. Uh, my wife assures me that I did see it years and years ago. And I, I vaguely remember that. Long story short, we had a family gathering last night where... Uh, some of the members of the family wanted to go see Bethlehem. So at 7 o'clock, we came through it. Uh, it was amazing. So we brought in some little ones, 5-year-old, 7-year-old. We have a, a nephew that he believes in God, but he's too busy to trust God. You know, that kind of storyline. Uh, we come in, and the kids, they, they go, they get a bracelet, and they're just so excited. And they just can't believe it. And then... Uh, we find Rosa on the other side, and Rosa gives them bread, and they eat it, and they're telling me it tastes so good, you, you know. And, and when you hear a little child say something like that, it's pretty exciting. <laughs> and and so then I, I I tell the family, well, you know, we got to get ready because Mary's coming in. So they follow Mary, and they're completely intent on this thing. They follow her all the way to the back, and then we go to the back. We hear testimonies. We hear the singing. It's just amazing. And I, I have to admit, I can't believe it was that good. It was amazing. If you haven't seen it, you got to see it. Bethlehem is amazing. We, you know, you saw that lives are being touched. It was just so good. And then we come out, we get the chocolate. Now they're in heaven. These kids are in heaven. <laughs> they get the chocolate. And then uh, as we're getting the chocolate, all of a sudden you got the shepherd scene coming up. And darn it, Mr. Bill doesn't steal the show again. They're looking up and they see, they see the angel going up there. And so after we see it all and it's all done, I, I'm looking at the five-year-old. I said, what was your favorite part? And she was, it was just so simple. Where's Mr. Bill at? <laughs> Mr. Bill, you stole the show again. You know, my family says, Mr. Bill, it was the greatest thing. I was so glad that I saw it. I was so glad I brought my family. My nephew, who believes in God but doesn't want to turn his life over to God, he said last night to my wife, I'm going to go get my kids. I'm going to go bring them in Sunday night. So you can pray for yeah. that. All right, all right. Anyone else want to uh, share inspiring uh, experience at Bethlehem? 
Yes, please. Yes. Hi, I'm John. Um, this year I'm helping with uh, greeting and praying. And last night was extra fun for me because as I was moving, I was sort of moving around last night trying to figure out where to go, what to do. Um, I did meet a mom who brought three kids and they asked for prayer. And this was good because normally that doesn't always happen like right off the bat, but it did. And I was really inspired by this very dedicated mom who came. She wanted to bring her kids to Bethlehem. She wanted them to have prayer. And she wanted them to have their first Bibles. And she was very thankful that I knew where the Bibles would be. And then it was really interesting because I'm watching this mom and how she's interacting. She's very caring for these kids, probably about seven to nine for about two or three kids. And she asked me, can I have a Bible for my kids? And I said, yeah, not, not a problem. Well, well, can I have two? Well, yeah, you have three kids here. So she asked for three Bibles, and they picked the New Testament at first. And then she looked at me, and she said, do, do you have the full Bible? I said, yeah, I, I do. <laughs> and, and she said, I, I want this one because I'm going to read Psalms to them first. Yes. And then I'm going to teach them the New Testament. And so that was inspiring because we had a person come with her mission to bring her kids to see the show for the first time and to get to their first Bible. And we were a part of that. And, and that was where it ended between me and her and her family. But it was very helpful and encouraging to someone like me who's out there. And sometimes you're just getting people who kind of want to go or have some other thing happening. But we had someone who was like really into it. So that was good. All right. Okay, thank you. I want to do this. We let's. Let, oh, oh, all right. I didn't see he was invisible, right? He has magic, superpower, right? I just want to thank God that we had decent rain, not much, and mm. all the brave souls who we weathered through last night was a little bit brisker. But thank God for Wednesday and Thursday. Friday was pretty nice and good, you know. Amen. And tonight's going to be great. So um, just praising for everyone, um, their prayers and. Uh, dedication of time, but also God for providing um, just the right amount of temperature and not too much rain, and uh, praying that the rest will be safe and awesome. So, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Right. So, uh, church, I know uh, we need some uh, outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and so I want us to sing not one song, two songs, please, okay? Uh, we'll sing two songs. And as we sing this song, I'm going to ask Pastor Jonathan, Pastor Dan to be at the well. You want to give your life to Christ? Start over like Brandy, Eileen, Evelyn. Please come forward. You need rededication. We want to pray over you. You want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? We'll pray upon you today. Now, I want to set this up for worship. You know, Isaac Watt. You all know Isaac Watt. Right? He's the songwriter. He used to go to church. He was so bored. Because people were singing with heartless, heartlessness. And he said, the, so, the thing that's supposed to bring us close to heaven, we do it worst. In fact, when we sing, it brings up all the bad memories because we are singing so bad and he used to complain. So his dad said, why didn't you write song then? That's what he did. You know, all the hymns that he had written, 
he wrote new hymns every Sunday for that church. From 1707 to 1709, he wrote so many hymns. One of that song is Joy to the World. Right? Joy to the World, he wrote that song. We're going to sing Joy to the World and How Great Thou Art. Let's, can we please do that, Sharon? Right? Joy to the World and How Great Thou Art. Let's sing praises to God. And uh, uh, let's sing to the Lord. And uh, the Wesley brother said, When you sing, when you sing, make every word count and focus on the Lord when you sing word by word so you are not focusing on your voice or on your sound you're not carried away but every word you sing it to God so can we do that can we stand together joy to the world and uh, and how great thou art and we'll pray for you we'll be standing here in front to worship together